Good morning, everybody. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Welcome to those who are accustomed to worshipping here very regularly, and to those who may be visitors. Hopefully, all of you will find this service of morning prayer helpful. We turn to page 101 in the Book of Common Prayer. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord.
Please be seated. All year we have heard stories of Israel's great heroes, from their beginning under Abraham to Joshua and the occupation of Canaan. In this last excerpt, in the sequence, a heroine emerges. Deborah encouraged the army to battle against Canaanite forces. The Old Testament reading is from Judges, chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth HaGolim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly for 20 years. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israels came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinamam, from Kadesh in Naphtala, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Ajabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand.
said. Matthew tells another of Jesus' parables about the day of the Lord. Then the fullness of the kingdom of heaven will reveal what each person made of the gifts God gave on trust. It is the parable of the talents and joy in store for those who are faithful stewards. The New Testament reading is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trusty slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trusty slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, give it to the one with the ten talents, for to all those who have more, will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And as for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
May I speak in the name of our ever-living and ever-loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Sadly, over the past few weeks, we have seen the misery caused by an unusual number of ferocious storms, the flooding, the damage, the loss of people's homes, the loss of people's livelihood, left behind by Storm Kieran, closely followed by Debbie. In our Old Testament reading, which David read so beautifully with all those difficult words in them. We had an account of another storm Debbie, the prophetess Deborah, wife of Lapidoth, we are told. And we read that story in two ways. First of all, in Judges chapter 4 which is prose, and then again the same story in chapter 5, which is poetry. Deborah comes in a rather long line of judges, others most notably would be Gideon and Samson, but Deborah is the only female judge that we know of. In the previous book, the book of Joshua, we would like to believe that the ancient land of Canaan was conquered by a few brief battles after Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. But not so. In the book of Judges, we begin to realize that the land was captured after many battles and in many parts of the country and over a period of several generations. Perhaps that's a rather interesting concept for today's current news items. However, the story of Deborah is set in an entirely different time, approximately 1100 years BC. Moses, the leader of the Israelites to whom the country had looked up to for so long and for guidance, he was long dead. And now his successor, Joshua, was also dead. So what were the people to do? We read at the beginning there that the people did, that the tribes just did what was right in their own eyes. There was nothing coherent about any of it until the period of the judges arose. We're told at the beginning of that passage today and I read it afresh to you. The Israelites again did what was evil 
in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan. And we're told also that, Ke- that the king lived in Hazar. Now, Hazar was the capital city of the whole of Canaan. And that was important because that meant that he was the chief of the kings of all the tribes there. And we're told that the Israelites were sold into the hands of King Jabin and his commander was Sisera. And Sisera lived in Galilee because that was where most Canaanites had lived. And we're told the commander of his army was Sisera who lived in Harosheth Hagoim. Hagoim means of the Gentiles, land of the Gentiles. And the Israelites were all armed and they were ready for battle. They were all fired up for battle. Well, that was until they saw King Jabin's army of 900 chariots of dreaded iron. That's what we read. The Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly 20 years. Of course, the problem was for the Israelites that their weapons were inferior. They had not yet mastered the art of iron-making. But in comes Deborah, storming right up to the front. But first of all, we're told where she was found. She was found sitting under the palm tree between Ramah and and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. What? Sitting under a palm tree? Well, that was her sole space. Just like some people like to come in and sit quietly in a church or in some other building or in a little room by themselves, their sole space. And that was her sole space where she would commune with God because the people came to her to hear a message from God and to listen to the people's cries for help. But she doesn't just send them away and do nothing about it. She says to herself, I must do something about this. So what did she do? She summoned Barak, a commander of the army, and she tells him that the Lord commands him to go to Mount Tabor which is also in and around the area of Galilee, and sift out Sisera, who was the commander of Jabin's army, and capture him. Bring him to me 
she says, I will deal with him. That's all very well. But what lessons can you and I learn from the story of Deborah? It all seems a little bit gooey, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Well, I think it's all about a people, a people who had forgotten their faith, a people who had forsaken God's ways, and as a result, they had got themselves into all sorts of religious and political difficulties. Ah, I wonder, do we see any particular parallels here in today's society? Could the political and religious mess that we are constantly in be in some way attributed, attributed to the fact that we have forsaken God's ways and instead replaced them by our own selfish ways? However, it doesn't end there. Because when the people turned from their ways and cried out for help to the Lord, he answers them. He takes pity on them. He shows mercy on them. He shows forgiveness towards them. That same God is also our God today. If only as a nation we could turn from the evils and injustices of society that are so prevalent among us and follow God's ways, would we not be all the better for it? then we too might experience the lovingness and the kindness and the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father and be at peace with one another. Perhaps another lesson that we could take from this story of Deborah might lie in the fact that Deborah trusted not in herself, not in the army of the Israelites, but in God. She trusted in the might of God for the victory. Her army and weapons were, as I said, inferior. But trust in God is always mightier. And the word of God is always mightier than the sword. And when we feel that life is perhaps difficult, and when circumcisions, circumstances seem overwhelming for us in the darkness of our life and society, 
just simply remember that with the help of God, we too can triumph over the darkness. The story of Deborah, as I've said, is told over two chapters in the Bible. Judges chapter 4 in the prose and chapter 5 in the poetry. The poem was actually written long before the prose was. And in fact, it was written quite close to the events themselves, which makes it the oldest piece of writing in the entire Bible. There you are, that's something you mightn't have known. The oldest piece of writing that we have in the entire Bible, approximately 1100 BC. It is called the Song of Deborah, but not written by her. It's just written about her. And the poet uses much poetic license, as well as a thing called Hebrew parallelism. And what is that? It is the use of poetry in order to emphasize something in particular. And it involves saying the same thing over and over and over again in order to make a point. A teacher would do exactly the same, wouldn't uh, she or he? To emphasize an important lesson would say something, uh, and now let me put it another way to you, and another way, so that you get the gist of what's meant to be taught. And that's what Hebrew parallelism, parallelism does. It says the same thing over and over again in poetry fashion. And for me, personally, the Song of Deborah contains the most wonderful and memorable verse of Hebrew parallelism. And it comes at the point when Deborah makes a lovely meal for Sisera whenever she's got the hold of him. Let me read it to you. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a lordly bowl. Well, after all, he was a king. But what happens after he's fed and watered? Like myself, he falls asleep. <laughs> and whenever he's asleep, what does Deborah do? She takes a tent peg and a hammer or workman's mallet, as it is called. And she drives a tent peg through his skull and kills him. As you do. Lovely stuff, isn't it? And I always chuckle when I read verse 27 of chapter 5. And this is where the, um, the best verse of Hebrew parallelism comes into it. I'll read it to you. It might make you chuckle as well. He sank, he fell, he lay still at her feet. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell. Dead. There you are. How's that saying the same thing over and over again in order to make a point? Well, it's all there for you. 
in chapter 4 and in poetry, chapter 5. And I commend the whole poem to your reading and to your amusement. Now to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to thee we ascribe all might, majesty, dominion and glory, henceforth now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. As a Christian community, in response to what we've heard read from the scriptures and proclaimed in the sermon, we profess our belief in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, save the King. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, may clean our hearts within us. The prayer appointed for this day and week. Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son was revealed to destroy the works of the devil and to make us the children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that we, having this hope, may purify ourselves even as he is pure, that when he shall appear in power and great glory, we may be like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all the sorts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life, we may never forget your presence, but may remember that we are always walking in your sight. 
Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The congregation, please remain seated. The singing of the anthem based on the words, The Lord's My Shepherd. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, how blessed are we that when we pray, you listen. As we approach Advent and our thoughts turn to the Holy Family, we pray for our families, for the joy they bring. We pray for those families where children are sitting the school's entrance assessment group test for calm and reassurance. And we think of those who have no family or those separated from their family, be it through geography, illness or estrangement. And we ask that you help heal any divisions which may have arisen. Surround us all with your presence so that we may be guided by you in our family life. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who work to keep us safe and provide for our community. The emergency services, the armed forces and the police. And in particular, we pray for the new Chief Constable, John Butcher, as he undertakes the challenging role of leading the PSNI. Keep safe the seafarers who ensure the delivery of food and other consumables for us, often in dangerous conditions. And we give thanks for the work of the mission to seafarers. Bless all those who serve as good neighbours in the community, looking out for the frail, the housebound and the lonely. Lord, in your mercy. We bring before you all who work for peace, including politicians, aid workers and world leaders. Help them focus on the needs of the people for food, clean water and shelter, and on finding ways to end the suffering of the innocent. We think especially of the situation in Israel and Gaza and Ukraine, and remember also those areas where there is famine and drought, often made worse by fighting between opposing factions. You have given us so much. Help us to be worthy of that gift. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our health service and all who work in the caring professions. Give them the stamina and compassion they need as they put their God-given talents so skillfully to use. Still the minds of those who are sick in body, mind or spirit and those who are fearful of what lies ahead, tests, results, operation. Let them draw strength from you and the knowledge that you are ever present. And we pray for those who undertake research to find new ways of treating illness and for those who have to make the difficult decisions about which drugs can be made available. Comfort all who mourn and let them find hope in the promise of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen.
Lord, yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all things come from you, and of your own we give you. Let us pray. <clears throat> Go forth from this sacred place in peace. Render to no one evil for evil, but cleave to that which is good. And the blessing of God Almighty Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with you now and always. Amen. Amen. The rector is enjoying some special and very important family time uh, this weekend. He will return to duty later tomorrow. After this service, there will be coffee and tea provided by the Railway and Models Club. And if you have time, please stay. It's always an important part of Sunday morning. You'll notice, if you look around down there, near the traditional baptistry area, that there is a little railway spot entitled the Parsons Halt. Now, on inquiry, it's not where the rector gets off the train. It's not where I get off the train. I think it's maybe where Canon Walter gets off the train, but you can ask him over coffee. Um, incidentally, he was making reference this morning to um, two storms, uh, Ciaran and Debbie, or Deborah, and um, I realise some people have been affected by that, and with particular reference to railways. Hopefully the frustration that you've experienced, Robin and others, will not last too long. Um, but nothing worse, I'm sure, than being afflict affected by floodwaters. One other announcement this morning. The rector has asked me to draw your attention to the fact that there will be a festival of seasonal music with Bangor Ladies Choir next Friday at half past seven in St. Dorothea's Parish Church in Gilnahirk. Tickets, £12, including light refreshments, and all proceeds will go towards the Parish Development Fund. That's next Friday evening. Those are the notices, and now we conclude this part of the morning and this worship with the singing of the hymn, Son of God, Eternal Saviour. <laughs> 